0: I've yeah, to Black Country Blokes doing the Fat with me, Kev Dillon, Tom Garrett, Lee Cadman and Craig Finchies. And tonight we're discussing loneliness. Now, loneliness has many different faces. It can be living on your own, but how often it, loneliness, you can be in a, a room full of people and still be alone. It can be when you're in a relationship and you just, ha- you, you haven't got that courage to say what you're actually feeling. And loneliness is one of the biggest killers, because if you think of or major mental health, loneliness is a big part of it, or a big trigger for it. Depression, anxiety cause suicide, because loneliness is so vile, and it's something that we can so easily stop. I know at this particular time of um, COVID, it's tough, but we've got to be reaching out to each other, because the fastest way of someone breaking you in prison in this country is solitary confinement, because when we're alone, we aren't thinking about when, we're out on our first date. When we're down the park having a laugh, we often go to that dark place, and that's why our nightmares were all so scary, because we know what we're frightened of. Be it balloons, clowns, spiders, bloody hamsters. You know what you're frightened of, and when you're alone with those thoughts, they can be over overpowering. That almighty dark place. And I think, and I'm going to pass it over in a bit, but at the moment, like with a phone call, how brilliant it is it's like, like when you're doing drugs. It's like a, a line of Charlie, and it's great when you're doing it. Then as soon as the phone call ends, you drop. You're coming back, come down. So I think we've got to start making more of a comfort, a comfort an effort, <laughs> get me words, eh? to say just a quick phone call. Let's just let people know we are there. You know what I mean? And if you are struggling on your own, please get a friend and go out for a walk, because that is permitted at the moment. You've got to let each other know. That we're there because there's nowhere worse than being lonely. Craig? Oh, that's right. Um, you did warn me there, uh, at
2: least done a bunk. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think loneliness as well, is, I think it's important to understand that it's not it's not just people not listening to you or not that they're not listening to you, but you feel they're not or you feel like you can't speak to anyone. I think it's the fear that even if you speak, they don't understand. You know, and I think when you play that in your head or if you tell yourself they're not going to understand, they're not going to understand, you sort of talk yourself into that lonely place. And that's, that's the fear and the anxiety of not being understood. Now, the odds are people are going to listen to you. Most often than not, I've found from personal experience, it's passive listening. You know, they're not actively listening. And I'm, I know that by certain cues such as, you know, I'm, I'm having a tough day, I'm having this, that and the other, oh, we'll have times like that anyway. Have you seen this? Have you said that? Or, you know, or they completely blank and don't even pick up what you've dro- just dropped down. Um, and I think the fear of having people not understand you, you talk yourself into that lonely room, even though there's probably one or two or three people in there that will listen. But because you've built up the anxiety of actually letting it out to them, you've, you know, you've rendered yourself lonely and
0: and and introverted because that that's so true isn't it like sometimes the fear of how people are going to perceive it is actually worse than the result does that make sense yeah it it is and that's it's it's like with
2: everything it's like with you know with sport or especially me with doing music and that i build up and build up fear and that to get on the stage and then when i'm on the stage it, it absolutely gets nailed and it's I've enjoyed it, and it's been a blast, but the fear of actually getting on that stage almost makes me not want to get on the stage. The only thing is with that, I do still do it, but whereas talking and that, I don't, and there's got to be people out there that they feel the exact same way. that well, Will Smith said, everything ever worth having on this in this life is on the other side of fear, and that includes stuff like this. that talk is worth having if you can just get past speaking and this is not to this is not to criminalize the victim of, of mental health this is from personal experience what I feel
0: is happening from time to time why we feel so lonely but if anyone is out there please write in even if it's just to say your living situation or if you want to shout out whatever it is because as always we love you to get involved with conversation and so many people I know at the moment who are living on their own or sometimes you know you feel lonely you know when you You're looking after your kids and your partners at the house and you're doing everything and you haven't got that bit of self-time to, you know. When you're so busy with everyone else, you feel lonely in your own suffering, in your own head. Because even
1: though you're doing everything for everyone, you're alone in your own mind. Does that make sense, Tom? Yeah, definitely. I mean, going back to what uh, Craig was just saying, you know, about... You know, and sort of the anxiety that's involved with loneliness. I think, you know, it's, it's strange, isn't it? How you can go from day to day of, you know, like one day waking up and you, like Craig said, you know, you sort of feel... You, you, I think we put that on ourselves sometimes. sometimes, you know. You think, what what does he think of me? What does she think of me? What does You know, so forth. And then I think other days, you, you know, you do genuinely feel lonely and you do need someone to reach out to. But I think, you know, loneliness, it's a, it's a funny thing because I think it's like... I always used to think it was just being on your own, you know, and and I think, you know, for me, I live with someone. I know you live with someone as well, and obviously you've got a family. But I think sometimes, you know, there could be six or seven, eight of you in the room, but you can still feel lonely. And I think just touching on, you know, what Craig said, I think a lot of us now in in this day and age, especially with, you know, social media and stuff like that, I think we we do isolate ourselves. But I think, you know, like, as again, as what Craig just said, if you can just pluck up the, the courage to actually do it, you'll always feel better for it after. It's so exactly like these podcasts for me, really. I, you know, I still get a bit anxious coming on and you know, I'm going to say the right thing, but you always feel better after you've done it. And I think that's like most things.
0: What you're saying about when you're in a group, like, did you ever feel like that at school when everyone else in the class got what the teacher was on about but you didn't? That alone made you feel lonely.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like if you put your hand up and... Or, you know, you get the answer wrong or something like that. Or, I don't know, wherever you are, school, college or, you know, at work or whatever. And, you know, I say it sometimes people when I'm cutting their hair and I say the wrong thing. And, you know, you can, you know, other people are watching you and straight away. You feel like a bit of a knob. But, you know, again, that's just probably in our heads most of the time, isn't
2: it? i find that, like, I'll... First, I'm just going to say, sorry, before I carry on with that thought. Colin Duffy said, hi, folks. I think he's Colin Duffy. My eyes are Go absolutely Colin. terrible. And Gemma Hawksworth says, hey. You're um, right. you're so just you're to right. acknowledge you guys thanks for commenting in and tuning in uh, I don't want to carry on ranting and and then not address that so <laughs> yeah I think I've found lately that I'm I speak extremely passionate whenever I speak you get me started on a subject and I'll i come off as kind of overbearing and i rant and it's because I'm so passionate when I was speaking to Marcus yesterday on the phone uh, Kev I'll, I went downstairs and you know JC's turned and said do you was you was passionately speaking, I could tell, and I was upstairs. And that's the thing. And what I've noticed myself doing now is noticing that passion and and becoming very self-conscious about it. Like if I'm talking to my partner's nan and whatever else, and I'm getting I'm getting the affirmation, I'm getting the nods, and I'm getting the acknowledgement. But I'm sort of talking myself down, saying, Great, you're ranting, you know, you're you're talking this, you're talking that, you're talking this. And then I start thinking, them, they not interested. And then I start to keep that inside. And then what happens when I keep things inside that I feel I need to get out? It, it spins in my head and it creates static. And, and I'm very self aware of that. And it's like my partner always said being black country, thought, thought and thought, you know, is it, two different things like free and free. But I, can't say the, I can't say the number three properly. I say three. I, 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 I
0: can't pronounce my th's and T's. always teases me very good. It's for free.
2: Right.
0: Cause...
2: <laughs> that's, what, that's what Jay does. The... And you know,
0: like That's what she
2: did, especially with my music when I was starting writing when I was like 18, 19. And what happened then is I'd become self aware. So when I had to say <laughs> thing, I'd sort of go, pink, I think. I think I'd, I'd miss out the TH altogether and go pink <laughs> because I was so self-conscious and I'm finding I'm doing that now <laughs> with the way I speak and then you talk yourself into loneliness again because you think, like, nobody wants to listen. You're overbearing and you can't talk properly. You call, you're call a writer. You can't even pronounce your thirst. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> you know? I'll do I'll go, don't worry. Things will always get better. And she goes, sing isn't even a word. And I going <laughs> I'll try to be positive here, Bab."
2: <laughs> and i think that's really like you, you can write a big essay on how to solve world hunger and and you know bring together world peace and they'll say by the way you don't pronounce free like that and you're like you're, you're missing the whole break. point of, of the essay you know what i mean i'm i'm doing mother Teresa's work out here and you're commenting on my fucking
0: diction <laughs> what? what what did you call me before brother Teresa? <laughs> 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 I, like that. I probably could say <laughs> Teresa, right? Really we have
2: know, actually like... got, Sorry. We got another comment before we keep critiquing ourselves. Um Grant Spillman. He says, yeah, Hi guys. Grant, Grant. First time catching you on video, but have listened to every episode on the podcast. Thank you for doing
0: this. No, well, but thank, yeah, thank you for
2: listening. Yeah, <laughs> one hundred percent. Thank you for listening.
0: And have you seen, Grant, you've you've seen us like we all started off, I was the only mutual friend between the original four. And we started off upstairs at the gym, talking on the phone. And then we got to video downstairs by the boxing ring and then through everything, the first lockdown, learning how to get on with, um, with this. You know what I mean? Because if it wasn't for this, I mean, I've got my wife, who I adore, my daughter, who I idolise. But I'd feel alone because I've gone from a world of um, feeling important, in a sense, running a boxing gym and being around all these people to just being daddy, and just being daddy is the best job in the world, don't get me wrong. But there was no me time, so I needed this. So I didn't feel lonely, so I wasn't just being a daddy, a husband, playing Harry Potter and getting shouted at. So I needed this. So we went from here to building the studio, and had to come back to this. Because what we're doing is we're adapting. And as long as we're staying in touch with each other and with you guys who are listening, it helps us. So I, I thank you once again, Grant, for just being a part of it. And if you have got any comments, please, Grant, join in. Have you suffered with it? How, how are you doing? That's to Gemma, Colin. How are you guys dealing with this battle? Because this is a battle that we're all in together. But somehow we seem to have different different ways of dealing with it. Some of us are on the front line. Some of us are the cavalry. Unfortunately, some people are the cannon fodder. So how are you getting through this battle?
2: Yeah, and if you want to, say- another couple of comments, sorry. Um, yeah, but yeah one again off Gemma Hawksworth. I, I think they may know us because they said, Swear away, you lot, <laughs> uh, we've got li- license to swear. And okay. another one, another one by Week 13. Who that's a band who my friend uh, is a lead singer for, um, very creative guy, Nick. And he said, heard a few episodes, stay creative, guys, and keep it up. Craig is a top man, so shouldn't have read that, really. It looks very bad, <laughs> does it?
0: I don't even and... believe he said that at the end.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I've made it up. you just disappear, mate? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you might as well eat them. <laughs> no, go, go on, mate, say you.
3: wait I'm knackered, all that running, you crack on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um running your mouth. Jim <laughs> Hawks uh, said, can you inform us all about different types of mental health illnesses that are different for are different for men than for women? That's a good one. I don't think there
0: is any difference. But, Jen, where, where you girls have got a bloke's be? is women talk more as a rule. I know I can't judge everyone the same stereotype, but women talk more. Whereas, back in the day, and not that back in the day, men didn't die of depression. They didn't die of anxiety he was having a wobble men used to die of stress because stress is an acceptable thing for a man to do you're working too hard or you'd mourn the love of of, of a loved one it's only recently that men are saying you know what sometimes i'll go to a supermarket and have a panic attack or you know some days i'm not a lazy git or i'm not i i I just can't pull myself off the settee because i'm in that dark room and I don't wash because I want to be on hygiene. I wash because I haven't got the effort to go and get washed. So I don't think there are different forms of mental health for blokes and women. It's just how we present them, how, unfortunately, we're left behind because until recently, we haven't been having open and frank conversations. But hopefully okay. by doing these podcasts and hopefully we're knocking down them walls and then stigmas, which is mental health,
3: I think also, Kev, we have different um, types of stresses in the life. So, whereas a lot of men will stress about work, a lot of women will stress about the home life, looking after kids. So, I think you know, you you have different stresses in your life. Yeah, I, I,
0: think, I could agree I with think that as
3: well. Because
2: because like the, a lot of conditions are umbrella terms, and there's subcategories within them umbrella terms and severity levels. I think it's hard to gauge because. You can say, well, how, how do you gauge mental illness on individual individuals? How do you gauge your severity level when I may have it more severe but be able to deal with it better than someone that has it less severe and can't deal with it better? So I think it's important to say that there's no, there's no kind of barometer, there's no kind of unit of measurement for severity levels and for, in actual fact, what's going on in someone's mind. And I think... Because there's so many umbrella terms and subcategories within the category and it spreads across male and female. I I think it's hard to gauge
0: either or of them. But one of my very good friends, I won't name him, but he has got severe mental health problems. But he is a high functioning person with mental health. Even though he's got all these things, he tries his best to have a decent life. And I think that's what it is. Like Some people, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, when I was eight, I lost my nanny Joan to cancer. My best friend at the time, Michael Abbott, he says, don't worry, Kevin, not what you're going through. I thought, my hamster died. But to him, that was loss. To me, it was my nanny Joan who had cancer. To him, his pet hamster died. So do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's We judge things on what we know. And I think whether you live in a 20-bedroom mansion, playboy mansion, you've got all these women and drinking, you'll find something to get stressed about. That bloke in a cardboard box will also find things. So we can only measure pain. We can
1: only measure stress in how we perceive it to be. Does that make sense, Tom? Yeah, I think I think going back to the I think I totally agree with you, the point that you just said about. I think for me, I mean, I don't really know the ins and outs, the difference between male and female mental health. You know, I'm not even going to try and get started on that. But I think the difference is, is, you know, the way we talk about it. And I think for me, since doing obviously the social media, you know, you type in mental health on Instagram or, uh, you know, Facebook, whatever now, and I'll bet you any money, it'll be one in 10 will be male. And I think as you are just saying that, that's the difference there. I think, you know, females have always been more open about things like that, whereas males, you know, it's more, we'll go out, we'll we'll get together, as we've said before, and just, you know, have a few drinks, whatever we say, we'll forget about in the morning. And then, you know, you won't see each other again for another couple of weeks. So for me, I just think that's the big difference between it.
0: What,
2: uh, have I'll you got to... more
1: comments, Kev? Um,
2: so Lee can read them
1: once.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: left the long ones to me, haven't you? <laughs> I have, mate. I have. So Grant <laughs> Spillman, thank you, Grant, for for, for tuning in. Um, so, he, so he writes, right now, yes, I've had moments of loneliness. I'm self-employed and work alone. And since the first lockdown, my wife had to start working nights. So I spend a lot of time alone. It suits me in majority, but occasionally I do feel lonely and I did have this conversation with my, life last, my wife last week. And he also puts one under saying, I'm lucky though, as I have a three-year-old son. who's my best mate and great company.
0: Well, I can relate to that, bro, because I mean, I've got my my jasmine, my little jasmanian devil, that keeps me company when my wife's working from home upstairs. And the second lockdown, I'd say, was the hardest one. First one is tough because I was having to be teacher, daddy, best friend, playmate. But that second lockdown in November, December, when the baby was at school, my wife was at work upstairs, and I was on my own, that's when I I couldn't peel myself off the settee. You know, because you'd be sat there thinking, what's my purpose? And I think a lot of blokes, and I know some women, but a lot of blokes really struggled with this because we identify ourselves with our job. I'm a bricklayer, I'm a boxing coach, I'm a plumber. And then when you take away your job and you're just Kev, that's harder to sell to the world. But maybe we've got to stop thinking, it's not how we put bread on the table. Who am I? Am I a good man? Am I a patient man? Am I a funny man? Am I a combination of different things? I am care. But I think that's so hard to do because I think we need focus and we need purpose. And that that leads me on to something
2: that I was just thinking about. Well, a quote for a start is, the purpose of life is a life of purpose, um, which I've always liked that quote. And I think, I was saying to my partner just today, because I've I've been in a funk, I've disappeared from you guys, you know, for for weeks, not been involved in the group chat or anything. Cause I'm just I've deleted Facebook, I've deleted TikTok, I've deleted absolutely every social media. I've got the accounts but I've deleted everything, because 'cause I'm trying to I'm trying to find my centre again. Um, and it's hard even though I'm not I'm not with it. It's like yesterday I went and lay up on my bed and I was I listened to a book for hours and hours um this one book is fi- by 50 Cent and I found it very intriguing I think I had it on for about 7 hours with these earphones in because I thought if I'm just going to mope about and not be able to process anything like what's going on around me I may as well get some brain food in and see if something perks me up and I said to my partner I said the fact is at the minute there's no routine and routine is key and I think just because you can doesn't mean you should it's like I can go to bed at three in the morning and get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, because I don't need to get up for work. I don't need to take my boy to school. I don't, there's no routine. And I think that's a very unhealthy practice because the way I've worked it out like today to someone is if I get up, I know, seven hours after the, the, the inspired man gets up, that works out to about 26 weeks a year he gets up and he's got to jump on me for 26 weeks of the year, you know, so for pretty much half the year. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. Still set your alarm for 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, even if you've not got work, have your coffee, you know, take, on, take in the nature, go walk. I've been going walks. And I think, I think that's important to maintain your own discipline within a routine, even though you haven't got to. And I think that's what helps.
3: Sorry, Craig, can I put in there? I, don't, I, I, I kind of disagree with what you're saying in a sense, because although routine is a good thing, the problem you can get with routine is if it's ever broken, it can screw up the rest of your day. Um, and like, like in my situation, um, we have to be quite fluid because of my daughter, you know, being severely disabled, she could go downhill at any second and your whole day flips and changes. If you're stuck into a routine and stuck into that way of doing things, then that could really, you know, you've got to be able to adapt with what's going on is is what I'm saying. So I don't think it's as much routine. I think it is, for me, it'd be more what Kev was talking about and purpose and having something to do. I can agree I think, with uh, both. I
0: can agree with you yeah. both. They're like, because, like, my Jasmine, she goes to bed at 7 every night, even through lockdown, even... Cause some people need routine, you know, what I mean, whether it's just waking up, brushing your teeth, going over, buying the newspaper, having that bit of routine to set your day by. And I think, you know, what do we always say, Lee? You've got to find your medicine. Yeah. And I think that's what we've got to do in life, because to find a routine is easier than finding your purpose. Well, we've well, discussed
3: it, that before, haven't we? Is it also that you've found a bad routine?
0: Yep, precisely, yeah. Having an you know, before you think, get to but again,
3: bed. if you if you if you're not as routine, <laughs> then you can get out of a bad routine as easy as you can get out of a good routine. Whereas well, if you're I,
1: I, 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 I think for me, you know, I just want to say just why you know you guys all just said that bit there. I think we, in terms of the lockdown, I think definitely I never realised, and I've never had you know the first lockdown three and a half months. I've worked until I was fifteen, so I have never you know had three and a half months off. And I think, you know, I've said this to you before, I was like, you know, sort of, oh, yeah, I'm going to get paid, here. you know, the sun's out. But I think the one thing that I realised after going back, especially after the second lockdown in November, was I think, you know, what Craig was saying, oh, you do need that routine. And I think that because, you know, even now, I think, like you say, I'm, I'm lucky in a way because my wife's a teacher and she's up at the crack of dawn anyway. But, you know, like you just said, get up, have a coffee and... You know, I think the other day I was a bit annoyed because I woke up at about nine o'clock and I just felt like, you know, that morning routine of sitting down, saying stupid, watching Piers Morgan rant, having a coffee, because I'd miss that I'd, I'd miss that routine out of my day. And then, then I'm in a bad switch then for the rest of the day. I
2: wish I could lie in your... bed. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: oh, oh, that's, having, that's having kids though, it? When they're up, you're up. I'm thinking, just please, darling. Please, just go back to think,
2: You should
3: let us go. Still
2: 10, If you might like <laughs> I think that's, that's it. like, going back to what you said, Lee, and I agree with that, you know, you can't, be, you know, life, in life, you can't be too rigid with anything, and that's with diet, that's with it, that's with absolutely anything. Moderation is key and learning to regulate your own time and, and what works for you. But I think, going back to what you say, if you can set structural pillars up, for your routine that you say, right, as long as that checkpoint's made and that checkpoint, say, I'll get up on time. You can control when you get up, you know, everything else in between, like how you decorate an house, them walls are still going to be there, solid, and you're going to handle what your kids do in them walls and how you decorate it from time to time. I think as long as, again, this only works for certain people. Like me, I feel like a bum at the minute. I feel like I've got no purpose. I've got no routine. I'm getting up at 10 o'clock or, you know, trying to force myself up. So for me personally, I feel that I'm letting myself down and I'm living I'm living quite a Dosser's lifestyle. And to me, someone that, that that feels quite, you know, energetic about progressing, self-development, staying in bed till that time is affecting me. So yes, I agree to you to a point. You've got to be you've got to be able to adapt your, your routine. But I think if you can set some kind of structural disciplines up. To try and alleviate any kind of, hold on, this is a free-for-all, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what time I do this, it doesn't matter what I eat, what time I eat, when I go to bed, I'm living the life of Riley because without them them structural pillars, or at least without them disciplinary procedures within your own life and your own mind, I think that could leave lead to chaos. You know, it's like it's like forming a queue to go and get a book signed or Black Friday deals. You know, you form a queue to go and get your, your groceries or your new TV because that's how you do it. Or you've got Black Friday deals and people are clambering over themselves. I think as long as you've got some kind of set, set routine, at least planned, deal
0: with what comes up in between. For but me personally, I, anyway. What I always say at the boxing club, it's easier to form a good habit than it is to break a bad habit. And I think at the moment, and we've all been guilty of this, people who don't normally drink in the week are drinking in the week. Those people who normally go to bed at 10 o'clock so got to be up at 7 or 6. You know, they're staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning watching Netflix just because it's something to do. We're eating too much because we've got crap left over from Christmas. We're eating too many takeaways. and Well, I think now's not the time to feel guilty, it. As I think you both said, have purpose, have um, rules to try and stick by or whatever it is. But we've also, guys, we've got to get through this. So if we do put on a bit of weight, if we smoke too much, drink too much, have a bit late, don't feel guilty about it. Let's just try and get through it. And when we are back in that real world, you know, then we'll try a little bit harder. But I think what we have got to try and do is support one another. And as we've just had there, as you've seen on many of our shows, if you disagree with someone, talk about it. Don't delete them. Don't be nasty. Because if you shout at me, I'll never listen to do we you. do care- <laughs> <laughs> but if, if, he's if, gone if, if, if you rant at someone what would they listen to you what's that old saying you catch more flies with sugar than you do with vinegar I think the way we're going to get people to think the way we do is by just talking agree, disagree but don't fall out have we had any more comments
3: you want to go Craig he? go on Craig
2: yeah we oh, have mate I'll put on. them up for you I'll take this first one.
3: What we'll we'll
2: do these. This is Gemma Hawksworth. She's she's put free. We'll address her one at a time because I don't know if they lead onto each other. Um, what's the best thing to do when a man freaks out about something you know hasn't happened?
0: Oh. Well, that, that that I mean, bloody hell! I mean, <laughs> I've woke up next to my missus and she's fell out with me because I've done something in her dream. I went. Mean, I'm yes. in the same bloody bed. I ain't gone nowhere. But I think once once you've got them things, it, I think I mean that is such a hard question. It's something I hear so much about with men and women. I think it's um, just try and re- reassure them that you love them. Uh, but you know when you're paranoid and when you're in that fog, it is hard to um, to convince someone differently. So to answer your question, I'm not really sure. I think just try and show that person how much you love them, and you know love can
1: cure most things give I think
0: some everyone's different
1: shoes. yeah sorry, mate. Them, I'm sorry Matt yeah I just think it. me personally I think I think spaces is definitely a key thing um you know probably kill me for saying this but we, I used to live with my uh my mom and dad and I've definitely noticed since we moved into our own place it's a lot easier when we have an argument now we've got different rooms so I mean that's my personal view anyway just you know if you leave it a few hours and then I always think, you know, you, you you both end up just laughing at something after a while anyway, and it ends up being nothing. So just let it let it brew down.
0: Uh, it I you. think
1: that's sound advice. Time's
3: <laughs> yeah. a great healer.
0: In, in, in my experience, I will just say I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, mate, it's, it's funny you should say that because i I'll
2: yeah, you know, me, me and my partner. Yeah, and tune into this so I can say whatever I want as as no <laughs> I'm on the same. Her. <laughs> <But> like, mate, <laughs> no, she's a. Don't listen to me anyway. It's just <laughs> but um, we we got into a bit of a bit of it. Yes, it was an argument. It was me passionately speaking again, and then it being perceived as something different. And I ended up popping out. And I said, to, I said to Troy, like, because you know Troy was questioning it whether we'd argued. And I said, "We argued." I said, "What well, you gotta think, Troy? All you gotta learn in life is wrong. It don't even matter if you're <laughs> right. You're wrong. wrong. You can, as long as you tell yourself you're right under your breath and she don't hear you, it <laughs> clears it up. But I think being a little bit more serious, I think assurance is with that. And without any context to, you know, and not wanting to know any context to what, what you mean personally, I think if you can assure somebody, assure them. And like you say, Tom, if you can give that time and don't act off emotion, because yeah. we, we're creatures, but we're impulsive creatures as well. You know, we'll say what comes to our mind in the heat of the moment instead of stepping out the situation and saying, Hold on a minute, I understand what you mean. This is how I can reassure you. So, reassurance, time and space. And
0: I think that's so right. Yeah. What you just said like when you're in an argument, it's like they jab you, you jab them back, they jab you, and you jab them back a little bit harder, even though you're not meaning to hurt them. You know what I mean? You say it to win the argument and then you look back and you think, I didn't mean to say that, but you're just trying to win the argument. But just realise sometimes it's not about winning the argument, it's about loving someone and it's easier said than done. So instead of saying something, don't say nothing at all.
3: Now, Kieran, scoring Kieran's points. A, sorry, Kieran, Kieran's just messaging saying, I wear the trousers, but she picks the pair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is it, I like that one, mate. Um <laughs> We'll, we'll run through these comments again. Gemma Hawksworth again said, weirdly enough, if one has a diagnosis, it feels like lockdown is easier
3: to deal with.
2: If you don't and you're under 40, then it's tougher.
3: I think that's in general, isn't it? I think yeah. if you've got a diagnosis, it's all, 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 always easier to deal with the situation. Um, what do you think on that, Tom? Because I know you've been diagnosed, haven't you, uh,
1: with with the BDP? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them things, really. I think I've said to a lot of people. I think it's fifty-fifty. I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, and, and, and we feel anxious. And I, I think Kev said it before. Where I think you can, you can sometimes get mixed up with anxiety and nerves and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to go into a long story. But I think there's one thing, you know, looking back, I realise, especially through you know losing a baby. I think I had a lot of issues with my mom when I was younger, and I think you know, a lot of that sort of comes back into play. And, you know, I, w- I went to a, b- a bit of a bad place, really. And I think, you know, going to see someone professional, I mean, to be honest, I'll be honest, I had to, pa- I had to pay for it. It wasn't through the NHS. Um, but I think, you know, seeing someone who really knew what he was talking about and, you know, telling me this is where it's come from, trauma, this kind of thing, it was, it was nice because I think you can sort of look at things then and say, well, oh, that's how I felt or that, you know, that's how I felt in that situation or that's what I've woke up with rather than just thinking, you know, I'm not really depressed and, you know, why am I like this? Um, so, in answer to that, I'll be a completely honest gentleman and I will say, yeah, I think it is because I, I said this to, to Kev the other day as well, I think, and I don't mean this disrespectful to anyone, but I think for people who've suffered with mental health problems, you know, for previous lockdown for years and not got the correct help, I think, you know, you do get to a point with it where you just think, yeah, I'm just going to live with this. And I think so in that, in answer to that, I do think it probably is it easier to deal with. I think
0: once you've think, got a diagnosis, it's like better the devil you know, because then you can look and you can get on forums going, I've got bipolar, I've got this I've got that. So you can talk to people. When you don't actually know where you fit in, that's tough. And, then, and when you're trying to explain this to other people, and you haven't got your blue badge saying, I am peace.
2: Yeah.
0: then you think, well, have I got something, or am I just peculiar? But, you know, deep down, we're all peculiar, you know, but, you know, thank you for the questions, and, you know, just stick with what you're doing. I hope you all the best.
2: Definitely. I mean, it, it is a lot of it is when you know what you're addressing. You know, when, uh, if you know what you're addressing, you know what you're dealing with. It's like I had a call once, a small anecdote and then i'm going to move on to the next comment i promise and there was something wrong with it it wore boosting it, it was an Audi and it wore turb lot like the turbo wall kicking in or it was really holding back and i took it to multiple garages to source the problem to find it and it was so frustrating and frustrating that we don't know what the problem was and it turns out my cousin had it and he had it for about an hour and it turns out it was a little fuse it was a 20 pence fuse that had gone you know, I had mechanics run all sorts of tests on it and, and whatever else. And it was a twenty pence fuse, and the the amount of you know stress that have alleviated just knowing what it was, not even fixing it, yeah. just knowing what it was. You know, it, it took away months of guessing and 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 coming up with with conclusions in your own mind. So, I've, I agree with you there as well. Um We do have another one from Gemma. Is I know a man who has been called a dosser. He's coping better than the workaholics during lockdown because he worked from the age of seven in Litchfield and didn't finish work until six years ago when he was poorly. Strange. I mean, women get a break, don't they, if they are fertile?
0: I'm not really sure about it. I'm I'm not 100% that one. I think
3: think she means that women uh, maybe uh, used to break more than men because... Uh, to, you know if they go on maternity leave not that it's a break but you, a break from work should I say you, you're more used to spending time at home and I know for the first um, well you know three of us here have got children for the first couple of months you don't really leave the house do you no. so I think that's what G- Jimmer means um, so maybe that does make it easier that um, if you if they've gone through childbirth and, and um, have, have stopped in to look after the the baby, but
0: I think everyone. I mean, I'll tell you something. The amount of respect I've got for single parents through through being through this. I mean, I've still got my wife who's here, and I love you know having the baby on your own for so many hours really gives you a look in. I've only got one baby, so you know. I mean, just being a full time parent bloody hard work. And anyone who thinks different, you know, it, it, it's a chore. You know, but, you know, hands off to all those people out there who are doing it on their own. You know, because once again, back to loneliness, you've got your house, you've got your kids, but you've got no you time. And that can make you feel lonely in itself. Have, have we got any other comments? Yes.
2: Yeah, I another do. one.
0: Um, I'll, I'll read this one
2: as well. It's my, my friend Nick from week 13 again. Um, and he said, and I know he's had a tough, a really tough couple of months with loss um, and as such. So he said, bedroom mansion is very stressful. Too much choice. Seriously, you're right. Lost my father and two best friends recently. I had to adapt. It changed my routine, but I'm actually more positive now. And I can attest to that. You know, he's two very close friends within music and and within life. He lost in in close succession and he lost his his dad as well um, before Christmas. And, you know, and that's to lose one person, loss in general leads to loneliness. And then when you when you times that boy free, you know when you you got to deal with that, and you're stuck in your room at the best or your house, you're stuck between four walls with grief. You can't go this, you can't do that, you can't do that to occupy yourself. I can I completely feel feel his pain just through the comment, if I'm honest.
0: Well how many people have lost their their loved ones, and we haven't been able to have that way. We've only able to have how many people at the funeral, and as you say, when it's your dad, and the loneliness of not being able to go and talk to your dad about something or your mom or your brother or your best mate. But on the on the bit of a spin off from that, Lee, you said like when Kala started with everything that happened with her, it kind of gave you a positive outlook because you were strong then for
3: yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so when, when everything's happened with it, I think my mental health was worse in some stage in some before my daughter was born. Which everyone thinks quite odd because she's, you know, she's severely disabled, and and it's it's rocked our life really. Um, my wife's and my other two children, but it it also you go through. I think you go through that many different things, and you realise the things I I was worried, stressed about before really weren't important. It, it brings to the forefront of what is important in life. Now sometimes I still do forget that, and I still do overwork and not not spend enough time with the, the kids and and all and all the other things but it's always in the back of my mind um and watching the strength of my two children and the strength of my wife go through this i can only have strength from that you know that only leads to strength within me as well do you feel do you feel this
2: I don't want to come off as any kind of, of, of sexist or I believe in a, a patriarchal society, a patriarchal society. But do you believe being the man of the house, you you feel like you need to be that driving force, that strength, you know, and not get strength from from your family as such that you need it, but you get strength from them saying, right, this is what I've got to do because it's my position. Do you feel that like hero complex, I'd I'd call it, or that because I'll, I'll get that. I you know it.
3: what, Craig, funny enough, we were speaking about this on, it had been Tuesday, wouldn't it? Someone asked the question, exactly, exactly the same thing, basically saying staying strong in the face of adversity that men do and, and kind of blocking out what's going on. And I said then, definitely. Um, but I, know, I also know now that's, that's a weakness. Uh, within me, yeah. um, and something I'm trying to change because I do go into a situation. I think, yeah, I've got to be, I've got to be the strong one in this. I've got to be the one not to break down in, the, in this room because your daughter's lying in bed with tubes out of it. You know, you, I've got to be strong because my wife's there and she needs my strength. But, but the the, the actual truth that it it is, it took me a long time to realise that there's more strength in opening up and admitting that you're feeling exactly the same as that person there. You know. Um, uh, there's more strength in doing that. There's more. There's more power in doing that.
0: Can I, I just jump I... in with something there, please? Because it's going back on. to lo- loneliness as well. <laughs> but I know, like there's parents, uh, people out there when they're like my dad when I was poor like, or um, they're living on the, or living on their own, and they almost feel like God has smited them with poorly children or living on their own, being so lonely. And I honestly don't believe in that. I just think shit happens, you know. And, Unfortunately, shit happens to bad people, and
2: it also happens to good people. But do you know, you know, with us human beings, mate, right, I think we we get so we get so caught up in our our emotions. We get illogical from time to time, and that's because we need to direct our hurt at someone. We need to direct blame towards someone, and if that means it's a, it's some I don't know higher power. And I, th- I think that's what we do, some superstition or whatever it is, some religious aspect, it, it doesn't matter. I think we just need to direct that pain because you have to get it out. And if yeah. you don't get it out, it burns you alive. So if, if God's the man you're going to blame, then he's, he's going to take the batter in. You, you have to have that emotional punch bag and that find some kind of solace in, in blaming someone. And I think it's just a release valve
0: that. Well, what's that saying about blame? Blame. It's like drinking bleach and expecting someone else to die of it.
2: Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's right, as well, into. I was going to go on to something Lee said. I can't remember what it was. So don't mind. I leak, you can do the next comments. Right? Well, it <laughs> wouldn't have been that
3: important, would it, mate?
2: <laughs> nah, if, it, if it's come from you, mate, he got it, 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 it. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got, it's
3: got Kieran. He, he sent through two messages, but I think they're, they're pretty much the same message. He spelled something wrong, so he rewrit it for us, which is nice. I'll still muck it up, though, reading it, Kieran, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I have to say, Sometimes it feels like we're jumping backwards and forwards on subjects when, when we're live. And the reason basically is because when someone comments, there is a slight delay. So if, if we're going backwards and forwards on subject, that's why. Um, but Kieran says, I was diagnosed over lockdown and I feel it has made it easier for me personally. I think also podcasts like this, noticing triggers and receiving professional help have played a big part of that. Lifestyle changes that I've have made have also helped.
0: Thank you. Very honest, you know, and um, I think diet and what we're putting to our bodies is so important, even though it's so difficult at this time, not to pick up the poison and, you know, pick up the antidote. Well, well done, Kieran. Keep up the good work. I think it's important to note there, Kev, when you
2: said diet, that that means your visual diet as well. You know, as, as I've stated, I've deleted all social medias and that, because what you don't think is 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 processing as as you know, being that significant here, your subconscious is picking up on things and it don't determine what's healthy and unhealthy. If it's going into your eyes, it's like keep consuming all saturated fats and all junk food and shit for your mind. And I think not only your diet, where they do say you are what you eat, but you are what you see as well, or you become what you see eventually. Um, so I think, yeah, well done. And thanks for, thanks for commenting in, but I think that's important
1: to note. Anything else, lads? I just want to say a more comments. Uh, big shout-out to Kieran, sorry, because he's been very supportive uh, over Twitter. Um, I was chatting into a bit yesterday on Instagram, and we were just chatting about, you know, just different symptoms of anxiety. And to be honest, like, it was funny because the things I was saying, you know, he, he felt the same. And, you know, uh, just cheers, mate, for, for reaching out to us. And,
3: and we Thank have you. Kieran coming on. So I'm just making sure I get the date right here. Tuesday, the 23rd of oh, Feb, he's agreed to... I haven't told the lads yet so that's a shock for all them as well but yeah he's agreed to come <laughs> on and he's going to discuss his date. journey that's it all my <laughs> day, <laughs> to, to blind dates <laughs> 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 but, but Kieran's had you know, I've known Kieran quite a long time and he's had um, he's had a, a, an interesting life anyway and, um, and it was probably a lot of people I've met over the years and people I know Kieran has surprised me more with his anxiety struggles and things like he, he, he did really well uh, this is a bloke who is a drummer in a band and he he um, he played at Molyneux with Bon Jovi. He's pl- I think he's done some party in the parks and things like that. So you'd never know he'd struggled with anxiety to be able to get up in front of that many people and, and uh, do his stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Kieran.
0: I think what we've all said before about mental health, most people who've got mental health problems have got a bloody good way of holding it. You know, so no one knows about it. And once again, us blokes, you know, if Kev's always walking, you're right, like, "Craig, hey, i you been here," and lo- laughing and joking. You don't realise he's struggling because so he's got a way of disguising it. And unfortunately, they're the poor buggers who then go and do stuff because they've never had the, you know, reach out for help. Because if 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 he's always looking happy, you never ask him if he's okay.
2: Mm. And that's yeah. and that's right. And I think. I think it's Smokey Robinson that does a song that people think on the life and soul of the party. You know, I can't remember the lyrics, so I don't want to butcher them, but he he basically said that. They think on the life and soul of the party because of Smile when they have no clue, basically. Um, But there's moving on, there's comment from Gemma Hawksworth. She said, I mean, the arts help, don't they? My fiancé is listening. Keep going, you lot. You're awesome. And I believe art does help. And as Nick said from week 13, you know, stay creative because that's that's an outlet. I mean, it de- depends how how creative you are, I suppose. But it doesn't mean just painting and just drawing. And it could be absolutely anything as long as you're keeping your mind stimulated. And imagination is, I, I believe imagination is is a big, big, like, step towards healing. Yeah. You know, I, I really do.
0: I'm so glad you said that, Craig, because, you know, being with my little girl and the imagination on children is phenomenal. But some way, through being a child, to a teenager, to being a grown-up, we lose our imagination. We shouldn't. That's the greatest gift that God ever gave us. You know, having that ability when we're children, a stick, it can be a horse, it can be a gun, it can be a goodie, it can be a baddie. And I think with technology, we, we're dumbing the, the imagination out of our children a great gift you can give a child is to be bored. When you're bored, you can come up with your greatest ideas. Very true, mate. Very
2: true. The next ones, mate, they look longer. <laughs> I
3: knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Spillman, um, understand what Craig was getting at. Being the man, we lost our first child around the first scan and I was so torn about being the man and supporting my wife. And she and Jordan dealing with my own grief and anger.
0: Well, we had a guest come on on Tuesday, um, Tristan, who was talking about this. He's had, had three miscarriages and our Tom's gone through it himself. And I think a lot of time when you have a miscarriage or whatever, the attention, maybe rightly so, goes on to the woman because she's creating that ba- baby in her belly. But you forget, we, we've had our part in creating that child. And what you'll naturally do is you'll go over to my wife, Kate, and go, Kate, how are you? Where is the dad struggling, because by making that child, you, in your mind, you're processing, is he going to be a football player? Is she going to be a ballerina? Is he going to be a boxer? And when that dream's taken away from us, blokes often aren't addressed on how they feel. So I feel your pain, brother. And I know Tom and Lee and Craig do too. I,
3: yeah. I, I, think it's, I do. It... Go on, Craig.
2: Oh you I mean, sure mate because you sounded important then. Um, yeah, going back to it, quickly, I've, I think I really do feel the pain. And although I've had two kids, and, you know, I've never suffered that loss. I remember this um, guy where I lived quite a few, say, I don't know, eight years ago, five years ago, whatever it was. And he lost his young boy. And I think his boy was six and my boy was about three at the time. Now, a lot of people will see that as they've lost a child. And some will empathise more towards the mother, some will feel more of the father's pain. And I've I felt very guilty and very shamed in the fact that to get to my mom's from my house, I had to walk past his house. And I wouldn't walk past his house with my child. And I spoke to my dad about it. And my dad said, Life goes on. You that you haven't done that. You haven't caused that. I think he died of cancer or It was something that took him of the age of six and it bloody broke me. And I don't even know the bloke too well, but it broke me. And I'll I'll be honest to say, and a bit shameful to say, I didn't look at it from the mom's point of view. I felt the dad's pain because I'd spoke to him a couple of times and being a dad and I felt very shamed in walking past with my son and very guilty. So I felt the pain of loss of a child like inadvertently through somebody else. So I I do understand it without even losing a child, which probably sounds really crazy, and you probably say there's no way you can fully understand it. But I feel that I have felt enough of it to know and and understand that it's a pain I, I never want to feel.
0: Lee,
3: well I'm just going back to that. I mean, he was he understand he understood what Craig was Craig was saying by being a man, and I think we we've got to we've got to stop this being a man and having to be strong. You, you know, you're you're strong if you show your feelings. We don't have to. We don't have to bottle it up. I'm not saying break down and cry in front of your wife and and grieve, but if but if that's the way you you do it, do it. But don't feel like you've got to you've got to be that strong person in that situation. Be strong for each other. You
1: know. Um, Tom, Tom, do you want to say yeah, something, bro? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 with what Lee was just saying. I think sometimes I think it all depends on the person you're actually talking to. I mean, you know, without obviously saying any names or anything, I think I've spoke to people about it before and, you, you know, afterwards I thought, fucking hell, I wish I hadn't told him this. Like, he thinks I'm a weirdo or... And yeah, then there's been other people I've told and it's like, oh, you know, I feel really good for telling him. Um, but again, like, you know, I, I feel the pain, obviously, you know, I've been through that myself. And I think in terms of, you know, having to be a man, yeah, I think that's bullshit, to be honest. I, I've never agreed with it. I didn't agree with it at the time. Um my partner, you know, obviously she was absolutely devastated, and you know, I think was one of the things that we always said when it happened. I think you know, I remember saying to me, like, you know, the strongest thing we can do now is stick together. And I think you know, again, without being a man or a female or whatever, I think you know, together you'll get through. Whereas, you know, I know a lot of people have split up because of it, but you know, I just think you know, you just if you love that person you're with or whatever, you know, you just keep keep trying, or there's other methods you can go down and stuff. I think. Well said. you
2: need. What we all need to recognise, like you say, stop being a man or a woman in this situation, is is pain, and especially pain within loss, does not discriminate. And I think when we identify that this this kind of thing does not discriminate on your gender, on your race, on on your religion, on anything else, it affects people, human beings. If you if you're a human being, if you're part of the human race, it will affect you. And I think if we can shake that ideology that a man should be tough and a man shouldn't be tough and a woman is allowed to be more upset. Pain doesn't discriminate, an emotional response doesn't discriminate neither, and I think that's
0: what we need to teach people. And that goes through loneliness, depression, anxiety. It's not one sex owns it. Lee, any more comments, bro?
3: We do. Do you want to take this one, uh, Craig? It's your mate. Uh, What's his name? Sorry, Craig. Mm -hmm. Week 13 doesn't seem like his name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's it's
2: not I think it, I think it is on his birth certificate, but week thirty one. Eh? His, his name's uh Nick J. Townsend. He's a he's a very close friend of mine. He he does a lot of videos and that for me. Um but he's he's always there for moral support. You know, if I need if I need to just chew the fat with someone, he'll think nothing of spending an hour on the phone to me, you know, and and try and, and boost my inspiration or just my motivation and morale. Um so yeah, I'll read that one. It's I was diagnosed as clinically depressed a decade ago. However, a few years later, I realised I was miserable as a child, and that actually cheered me up, knowing that I never had a name for it at five years.
0: Well, how how true is that? Like with autism, dyslexia, a lot of these stuff just wasn't. If we're like our thirties upwards, a lot of this stuff wasn't out when we were kids. You know what I mean? You're a moody child. You're thick. You're aggressive. And hopefully our kids and our kids' kids will have such a better journey. I hope it does get better with mental health and just, you know, helping people at a younger age. Because so I think if we can have a better journey at school and through childhood, then hopefully they'll give us a better chance in adulthood.
3: I can I also say, Kev, um, thank you to, you know, we've had two lads just in those comments there talk about their their uh, mental health and 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 the conditions they're diagnosed with and this is all we're trying to do if the more people who comment in and say yeah you know what i've got this but i'm still here and i'm still i'm still plugging along and i'm still i'm doing well you know hopefully that's helping people just
0: because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you're gonna have a bad life like if you have a physical illness you know i mean doesn't mean you're gonna have a bad life might be different might be tough but here's the trick life is tough is how much you, you're willing to push through it. So keep up the good work. And as Lee said, bang on, thank you so much for having up to us. 100%. And like you say, life is tough. And,
2: you know, I was speaking to my partner earlier, I stay my dad was, because my dad's not well and my brother's not well and my two sisters are not well. We've, I've spoke to you about it, Kev, with the same hereditary condition. Uh, some have undergone big operations, some have them come in. My dad's got arthritis in his spine he's having problems further and he's had to wait two weeks to see a surgeon anyway without going too deep into it i said to my partner i said do you know if i don't because i've had blood tests for for things ongoing for me and i'm waiting on results and i said do you know if i'll come back all clear relatively healthy and i i'll waste that i don't you know make the most of my fitness my health even even my self-development in, in regards to my mind and progressing in life. And I said to me, I said something important to me, and I, I didn't figure it. I said, Craig, I said, just because you may come back clear of physical ailments, I said, you have something wrong with you in your head. You're ill in your head. And I discarded that even going through it, even the past few weeks, because I thought, if I have if I've not got this wrong with my stomach, I've not got this, I've not got this physical thing wrong with me and I don't live a good life then then I'm a, I'm a dickhead basically and I said Craig you am ill I said you you know you live ill every single freaking day and they watch me go through it you know multiple times a day I could change you know and I discarded it myself you know even living through it and, and being in a funk I discarded it and I think that's what a lot of people do they think because they're not physically ill or they've not got a broken arm and they've not got this cancer or that cancer you have a disease or some kind of illness you are ill and but, are, are Greg, discredited it.
3: isn't that i mean that's this this has got to be coming from childhood that that's to, to, to create, you know that, that no one is picking this up earlier earlier that even yourself don't you don't see that you that there's something wrong do you in that sense um, I think some of it, this early
0: can come on in later life. It's not like the chicken and the egg,
2: you know. No, sometimes... no
3: means, I mean it's in terms of Kev, it's in terms of the way we see it. Oh yeah. You know, not yeah. not like
2: it's not <laughs> ill. I mean,
3: it's come on, yeah, like it's yeah. not ill exactly. Yeah. That's it's, what I was trying to say. It's,
2: it's, it's like if you're not chasing around pigeons in a flipping in a and you're a fully grown man and you you know you you've got a dummy in your mouth and you're wearing baby's clothes or something. Have you been watching me again? <laughs> anything other than, I said anything other than kinky, Kev, you know, if you're, not, <laughs> if you're not like staring into space. And I said this to Marcus yesterday on the phone. I said, years and years ago, you'd have the local nutter that people would stay away from and they might have come up to the national grid and that was the therapy. But you knew. But now you do. And like you say, because I'm not just staring into space and coming up with random things doesn't mean to say you're not ill. But you you grow up, even watching movies back in the day, you have the nutter in the movie or in the music. There's always a crazy person, and they were easily, easily identifiable. And now it's not. like you say, when I look in the mirror, I don't identify myself as having something wrong if I'm physically okay. But I know that's nothing's
0: further from the truth. Yeah. Well,
3: have,
0: have, have we got any more comments? Because we've
3: already been on for an hour. No, mate, we're... Uh... Well, Gemma, she's put uh, know what you mean, but uh, we don't know where that is in the conversation. So. <laughs> <But> to, <laughs> Thanks, to, to everyone, To
0: everyone who's written in today, thank you ever so much. It, it, it helps because more people write in and as we've said, we've had a couple of lads today writing with their problems and it takes a lot of courage. So we're going to finish it, unless anyone's got anything to say quickly before we go. I'm oh, fine, mate. Well, on Tuesday, we've got a very, very special guest. Am I allowed to tell him, Lee, who it is?
3: Yeah, go far away, wait, far away. If you don't turn up, it's your fault.
0: <laughs> well, you know, life is a funny thing. Sometimes people are, you know, it's out of our control. But hopefully we've got Alex Brooker, who is a comedian and he's uh, on the last leg. It has a lot to do with the Paralympics. So we're going to be talking about disability, Paralympics and, of course, mental health. Well, I'm going to leave you with a quote today that I found out for me. found it funny. And it's a Nigerian, it's an, an old Nigerian saying. A Nigerian proverb. Oh, I remember the bloody word. Proverb. But anyway, proverb. It's a Nigerian proverb. If you go to bed with an, ing- an itchy bottom, you'll wake up with smelly fingers. So, on that note... Until we, take care, uh, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Sure a bit. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, to bit.